Welcome to another edition of the Tech Post brought to you by Limerick City Community Radio in association with the Limerick Post newspaper. The Tech Show is where we talk all about tech and the show is kindly sponsored by the Irish Domain Registry who handle .ie domains in Ireland. Go to weare.ie for more information. I'm Shawnee Ryan and joined for the first episode of the year by Dave the Don O'Neill. Dave. It is the first episode, Dave. It is indeed. I think we're a, le- a week, a leak, a week late. <laughs> a week late, but yeah. um, it's great to be back in front of the mic again. Do you say in front? Do you say in front of the mic or behind the mic? Uh, could go either way, really. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, I always say in front of the mic. I don't know. Um, anyway, um, yeah, we're back, and it's the first episode of 2023, and there is loads of tech news, and we're here to keep you updated all about what's happening in the world of technology. So, Dave, um, I know it's kind of like, it's kind of like people don't really talk about Christmas or the New Year anymore, Mm -hmm. but this is the first episode, so we kind of have to look at it and say, did you get any nice tech prezies over Christmas or or did you you give yourself any prezies, any tech things over Christmas? Bit of both. Really? Okay, right. So what tech did you get, Dave? Okay, uh, well, um, it's kind of boring, but I did actually, I had a Chromecast 4K, right? Yeah. And I wanted to add some expandable storage to it. So I went off and got a decent enough USB hub with Ethernet on it as well, gigabit Ethernet. Okay. And now it's all wired up, being powered through the hub, and it has the ex- um, the ex- expandable storage by USB memory key or external hard drive. So you can watch whatever movies you want on it or whatever. And, and you don't have to use Wi-Fi either. So you can basically use your Ethernet connection if you're having issues right. in that department. Okay, so I have a question on this now because... Mm. Um, Right, so when you add, you get your USB hub, you plug that into the uh, Chromecast. Yeah. Right, so you power it. Yeah. Right, and then you put a hard drive into that. Mm-hmm. How do you set the Chromecast to know to save to the USB hard drive or the, or the USB key that you plugged in? That's a good question. I mean, you can you can see the storage appears up in your storage menu and on the Android okay. uh, settings, right? So yeah. you can do that. But for me, I'm I'm using the internal storage for all the apps and stuff like that. But yeah. 16 gigs, so it's not. Uh, yeah, no, it's not a lot. Yeah. No, I don't think it's 16. I think it's probably four or something. I don't. I can't remember. But it's it's not a lot, right? Yeah. Um, but for things like if I want to watch a movie that I just downloaded on my computer or something yeah. like that, rather than cast it from the computer, which has a bit crappy performance. Yes. You know? Yes. I just put it on the key. And up mm. you Okay. Yeah. Right. So the so the Chromecast will see that key straight away. Yes. And know it's connected to Plug it. Plug and play. Okay, right. And the reason I'm asking is because I have an Amazon Fire Stick at home. Right. So I do ninety percent of my stuff is done through the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Right. Um but I also have a fire stick for certain things. And I was actually thinking the same as well. Mm. That how could I get stuff sto- from storage or to storage? on the fire stick could it record to storage hmm. um, locally it's, so, it depends like I mean it depends on how yeah. it's set up I couldn't say for sure that yeah. it does but hopefully it'll be hmm. something similar mm-hmm. that, so definitely on the Chromecast so it just shows up as a storage yeah. item it sees it through the USB hub yeah that's it now there's a few caveats you have to have um, PD which is power delivery so you need a power delivery cable and a hub uh, with a USB-C port capable of giving that yeah so once you do that then you hook the Chromecast up to that power delivery port plug it into the wall by a, okay. whatever adapter you want, maybe a 65 watt adapter. Yeah. And off you go. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay, so you do need a proper you a do. proper power yeah. delivery yeah. one. It won't just work okay. with any hub, no. And 
formatting wise of the mm. USB keys do like can you format them as like FAT32, NTFS, yes. that kind no. of stuff, or what? What does it have to be? Does it have to be the ex- it has the, to be FAT32, uh, which means extended FAT or whatever. Uh, XFAT does not work. All oh, right, okay. No, it does not work. It's something that Google could bring to it. It's, yeah. it's not like Android isn't capable of it, but they haven't. Yeah. Uh, as for NTFS, there's an app you can get on the store that can read NTFS. So if you have a movie that's bigger than four gigabytes, yeah. Because um, that was my next question. Now yes. that if you have, if you're on FAT32, then you're obviously hit by the storage limit That's size correct, per, yes. per file. Yeah. All right. Okay. Right. So, but you can get an app on the store. I can't remember what it's called, but mm-hmm. it's it's a paid for app. It's only less than five bucks or whatever. Yeah, they usually and it can are. Read, and it can read off the um, the USB key, the file system, and it will play in whatever media player you got installed. For me, VLC. Okay. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Right. Okay. Right. I might um I might have to try and find. A similar solution, so and just mm. check it out and see. But anyway, you've given me a good starting point there. Anyway, yeah. So is that your entire tech for for Christmas, or no. did you get anything else? Oh, you I more. got a phone. <gasps> I got what? a phone. So I finally ditched the OnePlus Six T, and which you loved. I, no, it's a good phone, and you know it's yeah. held up pretty darn well over the years. Okay, it still has a bit of oomph to it. Uh, yeah. But uh, I got a Google Pixel Seven. Aha. Uh-huh. Yep. Which we talked about before on the shows. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And it's right. doing pretty good. I mean, I'm pretty happy with it. The battery life is certainly better. Yeah. Um, speed is is pretty good. Um, you know, it's not, you know, it's not going to be mm. as good as a Samsung S23, but it's still yeah. pretty good. Like, and you know, it can game if you wanted to game and stuff like that. And um, 128 gigabytes of base storage, which is enough for me. You can get yeah. 256 if you want. Decent mm-hmm. cameras, you know, very good cameras. Some of the best cameras in the market right now, because Google's um, software processing is pretty much. Up there, you know. Yeah, yeah. You can really pitch it, pit it against Apple. That's so that's the, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm looking. It's a nice screen. Can I just yeah, absolutely. Here, so. Yeah, um, yeah. I have it here just, in front uh, of me. Let oh, you know he's a... caressing the phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> my God, it, 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 it is. Me having a, an Android phone in my hand is yeah. is so weird. As for for new listeners, um, Dave's the Windows and Android guy, and yeah. I'm the Apple guy. Under fin- under screen fingerprint sensor. Yes, it's it's good. Um, yeah. It's better than the one in the OnePlus Six T. Okay, but and there is are there, better out there. Does it do Face ID type thing? Like it has unlock? Face Unlock, right? Okay. Which is not a biometric. Uh, yeah. Okay. System. Yeah, it's not. Okay, right. It's, it's not just 3D. kind of. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. And the little camera bump at the back, the whole way across it. Have you gotten used to that? Is that absolutely? Um, and you know what? It sits on the table nice and even. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a it. nice little thing, actually. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I it's do like when you try the to screen do does look quite good actually. And when you it. try to unlock it, the the camera lights up at the top of the little ring on it to say that it's activated, ready for you to glare oh, right. at it. Okay, so it's pretty yeah. cool. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, so that's a nice bit of tech. I have to say, Dave, I had an a, a pretty much tech-free Christmas for once. No way. Um, the the most tech I had was putting together one of those Lego Technics set. Oh yes, <laughs> so yes, sitting yes. down uh, with Lego Technics, and um, I have to say it was very therapeutic. A couple, a couple of days, a couple of days building the um, the Batwing. All right, uh, a couple of thousand pieces in it, and wow. it was. Um, very therapeutic just to sit down and I hadn't sat down with Lego in a long time and mm. I absolutely loved it. Loved yeah. it. Where are uh, you keeping it? Um it's it's in my little my little kind of den room where, uh, where all my little uh, my kind of toys arcade machine stuff, is. my arcade machine. Where, where the wife won't go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's it's my little playroom with my my, little, uh, my tech and my toys and all its bits and pieces. So it's inside there oh. on its stand, and um, I'm very proud of it. Good. Uh, so 
that is the extent of my tech over the Christmas. There okay. was, I, for once, usually if I don't get something, I will uh, invest in something myself. And mm-hmm. I don't know why, but this year it was just one of those, um, you know, take a year out kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's mm. that's Christmas, Dave, and um, into New Year 2023, and right. away we go with um, everything that's happening in 2023. So, and let's let's start off talking about the the big the big thing that's been happening all this month. Really, is the tech layoffs, mm-hmm. right? So we've all heard about it's on the news the whole time, and it's affecting Ireland as well. Yeah. So you've got like. Oh, Microsoft, Google, mm-hmm. Intel, Meta, Amazon, Stripe, Twitter. Uh, well, actually, Twitter is the <laughs> was the 2022 story that yeah. kept giving. So um, it, it's part of it as well. I, I don't think um, I don't think Mr. Musk has done anything um, too mad so far this year. Anyway, that that, that's yeah. worth talking about. No. Um, but there is layoffs. IBM are part of that as well. So they've all been announcing uh, fairly significant layoffs of staff worldwide. And uh, I've had a good few people ask me about this, uh, different questions coming in. Like most people I ask simply because we're in the tech industry ourselves is like, you know, is this a trend? Is it happening? Is it worrying? And so far, my answer has kind of been that like, okay, a lot of these companies during COVID times hired vastly, like they really increased mm-hmm. their workforce because of the demand for online stuff at the time. Right, And there, to me, it's kind of like there's a correction going on now. Yes, and I think so too. Yeah. And, yeah. and yes, it will impact people because you will have had people who moved jobs, moved countries, did mm-hmm. different things. And they've now... These people might be facing layoffs now and, and losing their job. Yeah, but I don't think it's an industry-wide thing that we need to worry about. That the tech industry is collapsing. It's not no, like twenty no. years ago when we had the dot-com bubble and it, everything yeah, just went. Exactly. In the market, I see that there's still a strong economic outlook in the tech industry. There is, and I, I think these people could walk into another job. It might not be with Microsoft or whatever yeah. now, yeah. but. Yes. I think there's plenty of jobs out there. Yes, there there are in the tech industry. There are plenty mm. of jobs, and the people who would be coming from these places are usually highly qualified. Yeah, they okay. They might not be earning the same as what they would with the likes of Stripe or or um, Microsoft or Google. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the, there is there is scope there, and there is room in the market for for yeah. a bit of correction anyway. And I think it's also to find their footing because you know they need to kind of. Step back, see where they are and where they want to be. And then they'll start hiring again, I think. They will, yeah, yeah. they will. Uh, everybody's just kind of, all the companies, they're just, I think they're just being a bit wary at the moment. Yes, absolutely. Um, nobody knows, and especially what what's going on worldwide anyway, mm. that these, places, these uh, companies are just kind of, just hedging their bets a small bit. Yeah. And saying, okay, like we did, we got overstaffed. Things are kind of returning back to normal now. And they just want to... Just a small bit of, uh, what's the word, a correction. Hmm. <laughs> Just a, yeah, no, uh, a I, correction. I think you're spot yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, so I don't think I don't think we need to start bringing out the, the doomsday clock on any of these things uh, yet. Exactly. Uh, it's, and, and it's the reason yeah. why we haven't seen headlines, um, you know, saying that, oh, everything is going to hell. You know, mm. it's, it's, I've been listening to a lot of analysis on the radio, et cetera. Like, and I think that's the general consensus of things, pretty much how you summed it up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I would say that it's while while 
it will affect some people. I don't think it's worrying. No. I don't think so. That would be that would be the the takeaway from that really. So the mm. tech industry is strong, and the tech industry will keep us talking uh, every yep. month about the tech you for betcha. the rest of the year because there is loads of new stuff out there and loads of startups and loads of stuff coming in the tech industry and we will keep you abreast of everything that happens as it mm -hmm. comes along right dave january is ces month it is ces is over and done with mm -hmm. and there's uh, a huge amount in in the home smart home market this year right huge amount in that so have you anything that you saw from CES or anything that was stand out for you that you'd kind of go, wow. Not, not for me, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I have my segments that I love, love in tech and, and things like, um, laptops and stuff like that don't really interest me much. Yeah. Like, and, and other things that were there, like there's, there's some impressive stuff. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's just, I'm not going to be racing out to buy any yeah. of it really. CES. And, and I think we, we pretty much said the same this time last year as well when we mm. talked about CES. A lot of vaporware comes out in CES. Yes. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of concepts yes. and a lot of stuff shown that is bonkers, mm -hmm. right? Absolute nut stuff. Probably that, never take off, yeah. right? Like there, there was, I can't remember the name of the company now, but they brought out one of these pee pads <laughs> that you, it, it, it looks like one of these Jay's fluids, a bigger thing than a Jay's fluid. And then mm -hmm. you, and it's, it's somehow app connected. Everything at the moment is app connected. It drives yeah. me. It drives me mad when yeah. I see this. Like, oh, it's app connected. And you're like, you're, you don't need an oven. That's why app connected. Uh, so, <laughs> the, um, I actually read uh, just just to, on that note. Actually, I read a story the other day. They were, they were talking about uh, a connected oven, and uh, they were saying, like, you remember when you would get warnings on things like you know do not leave unattended mm -hmm. right and now there's a, a, an app so that you can from home turn on your oven and have it like have it cooking while you're not there and you're like the things like ovens and other things that heat up i wouldn't yeah. be saying to people oh have something automatically light a fire in your fireplace when you're not there it's like things that there's certain things you just no problem turning on a bulb that's fine but mm, i don't know an oven i imagine a deep fat fryer you're at work yeah i know you have the chips in the thing ready to go ah yeah I'll just slap it on there while i drive home yeah exactly <laughs> there are certain things that shouldn't be connected and, yeah. and it, that comes back to common sense people have to use common sense and just say now what would you, would, i'm sorry uh, well, yeah, there's no well, such thing yeah in, in this day and age common sense is it's kind of it's, it's yeah. hard to hard to find um anyway the, yeah, so some of the stuff is vaporware. Mm. Some of the stuff is concept. Is. Some some of the stuff is. Mm. There was. Do you know what? Do you know what I see actually um, from CES that I am looking forward to is there's a lot of 8K monitors coming to the scene now. Now yeah. they're still very expensive. Oh, they are. But to see them coming out and like we saw this when HD monitors came out, 4K monitors that you see them and then within a year. The prices are coming to what I would cons consider consumer level accessible. Yeah, that you're not talking about your monitor for five or six k. You're you're actually getting a monitor that you can afford. Yeah. So, like but there is an awful lot of eight k stuff coming out now. So eight k is hitting the scene. Yeah, I remember a tech outlet, um, um, tech store over here hmm. um, was displaying an eight k TV at one point, probably years and years ago, maybe five six years ago, and the thing was like. 
16 grand or something. Yeah. Yeah. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> Crazy. Who's, like, who's, who, who has the money to go out and spend that? And, and well, the people who have the money to go out and spend yeah. that. And the 8K uh, stuff today would be a lot better too. It would have yeah. improved quite a yeah. bit. But yes, yeah, you're right. And it's also high refresh rate monitors for gaming and stuff like that too. Yes, so they're exactly, getting bigger yeah. and bigger. Exactly. Yeah. So now, um, some of the stuff that I've highlighted from CES that I, besides all the stuff, the concept stuff that kind of you just kind of go oh actually I, I didn't finish off that bit I was talking about that pee pad thing oh. so this thing was app connected and <laughs> yeah. you connect it to your toilet and it analyzes your your urine oh and God. it tells you I, I actually don't know how they get what kind of biometric stuff they're getting off this do you need a um, toilet for it? <laughs> <laughs> like it's like can you imagine this thing inside and and it, it wasn't small like it was a big thing and it's, oh, no. you're supposed to just pee onto this thing oh, to get some some medical assessment and I was like looking at it going yeah god lads god come on okay all right there's only so far you can go with your your smart home app connected device like? you're sitting yeah. around having a coffee and thinking hey we should set up a company that analyzes piss yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway i i just can't see how a device like that like how is it going to know who's going to the toilet like yeah. uh, who is it analyzing do you have to tell it beforehand and go to your app and say hey i'm just about to go and this yeah. is me and then the second person in the house says well and who's who's going to uh-huh. So who's going to pick it up and take it out? I don't know. Anyway, right. Uh, does it need to be washed after every time? <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Right. Okay. Let's move on. We're yeah. going down a, we're going down a, an area that I do not want to discuss. <laughs> right. <laughs> so some of the things that I did like about, um, about CES was, and th- this is, th- there's two things I'm going to highlight here now. And this, this one was really, and it, Reminds me of when we talked last year and I said something about, the, I think it was a Samsung fridge that had a big screen on the front of it. Yeah. And it had a, an automatic opening door, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you were kind of querying the, the validity of that. And, I, that. and you came back with a great point. Yes, that if you were someone who was disabled mm-hmm. or someone who had an accident and you'd mm-hmm. broken your arms and that, then having a fridge that will open for you is a great thing. Yeah. The accessibility items, I love watching the innovation in the accessibility area because it's it's really people are thinking about this stuff and coming up with a real life mm-hmm. solution. And here's one that when I saw it, I was like, that's amazing. That is great. And it was from L'Oreal, right? Because uh, I'm worth it. And, <laughs> no way. <laughs> and it is a lipstick applicator. What? Right. So, Dave, can you see the screen here, right? Okay, for the viewers, I have a small little kind of a video uh, playing here and uh, hopefully Dave can see exactly this thing. It's it's like kind of a, a gimbal or selfie stick type thing. Yeah. With That you'd put your lipstick onto. And you and just have to hold it up to your mouth, is it? And then so, it just kind of goes... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so effectively it yeah. would... Effectively you hold it up and yeah. I think it's controlled by kind of um, like gestures. Right? Okay. Um, I, I'm not sure how much pre-proging can go into it. Yeah. But this thing, for someone who is mobility compromised... Well, it might make sense for someone who's blind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, right? That this thing will go on and... Yeah, here, look at this picture here, Dave. Look, mm-hmm. there you go, right? So this person... Okay, so there is kind of sensors around at the back of it and everything. Right, and yeah. And this will apply your lipstick 
in a proper fashion. All right. Oh. And I think like to have artificial intelligence or whatever it is that, that mm. the, the, the programming in that to actually be able to do that is, it's not easy. It's not easy because the amount of things it has to factor into for everybody's different, um, the, their physical attributes. Yeah. And to be able to do this and have an applicator that you hold and it will apply your lipstick for you. That's, that's innovation. All right. That, I agree. I right. agree. And, and okay, you might just look at it and say, right, this is one thing, but the, the ability to do that will lead mm-hmm. to so many other things that we can't even conceive. Yeah, of course. Right. Like, you know, innovation um, mm. influences more innovation. That's the yes, way it is. Exactly. Yeah. So that's one. And especially in, as you say, for a blind person to yeah. be able to know that this mm-hmm. thing will put it on yeah. and have it looking like a professional or like a, a, a properly applied lipstick. Yeah, it's very important, it and is. I I just see that as that that's great to see those things coming on. Um, we talked about gaming monitors a while ago. Yeah, and one of the big things that Sony have done is they've brought out a load of controllers. Oh yeah, um, for people with uh, disability. All right, so they're different. They, they call it the Project Leonardo. Leonardo. Okay. Leonardo. All right, and I'm reading here from their website and. Uh, it's a kit that promises to make games easier to play for people with limited motor control, right? So these PS5 controllers are designed and it's how, the, how they're physically designed and how the mapping of buttons and everything inside in it and the profiles you can put into it. And they make gaming, for, um, gaming on the PS5 for mm. people with disabilities or who are compromised with their motor skills. Okay. And again... It's a huge, it's, it's a huge area that, yeah. thank, thank God that there's companies like this that are taking this into account. Yeah. Um, because like yeah. we've heard about concepts and stuff over the years, but nobody's really done anything, you know? I mean, yeah. anything that people actually use and you know what I mean? That kind of yes. thing. Anything yeah. meaningful. Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah. maybe not anything, but you know, not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, like that to me, seeing that stuff at CES mm. is great. And that is... That that's that's a huge leap forward. So you can you can discount all the the vaporware stuff and mm-hmm. the, the the concept cars and the concept yeah. this and that and everything. But you look at these things and you say, wonderful. Um, there was also um, a bio suit from Apogee, right? And this I I don't have a price. I wish I had a price on this thing. A bio suit, yeah. Huh? But again, Dave, look at the. Uh, can you describe this? What, what we're looking at here. It's like a little vest. Yeah, yeah. With, with a kind of um, a extension that comes down around your waist, right? And onto your hips. What does it do? Right. And effectively, it allows you to lift. Oh. Um, so it, it can take so many of extra pounds of pressure that with this, look at, look at this picture here of the lady lifting the box. Yeah, right? yeah. So effectively, for people who do manual tasks like that, of um, effectively, it's like the exoskeleton that we'd see in different sci-fi yeah. movies, right? You'd always see these people, right? And this thing, um, what it's saying here is, it provides uh, support for two regions of the body, lifting and walking, with support for up to thirty kg of lifting compensation. Right. right. So, in theory, somebody using this works in a warehouse. They can yeah. mitigate back problems. Basically. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So it means that if they're lifting different boxes. Mm. They're inside, and this is, and it's not really like in terms of like wh- what you're looking at here. It's it's not like mm-hmm. look look at that picture there. It's it's not intrusive or what's the word? Um, 
it's not too big, right? Yeah. It's just this, it's like a vest with just these two arms that come down to your hips. And this then augments your ability to lift. That's and, crazy. And, and again, that's, uh, that, that's another, you can look, if you look up um, germanbionic.com and yeah. um, it's, it's from Apogee, as I say. And again, those type of things coming to market, at first, it looks like a Dyson, but then you kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, it just means that for lifting, it's just assisting you in that. And yeah, again, good. yeah. So wow. I, I love this kind of tech. I love this stuff. No, you're right. No, no, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So now the last thing that I, I, I'm not sure if this was, I think it was announced at CES, but I had heard about it beforehand that um, Apple were going to be, you know, you know what the Apple MagSafe, um, oh, yeah. wireless charging on their phones. Yeah. So they brought that out, I think it was either two or three years ago. Definitely two years ago anyway. Yeah. And the MagSafe is for anybody who knows wireless charging, you just mm. put your phone down on top of a, a wireless charging mat and the Qi charging is the standard nowadays for everything. There was a couple, there was another charging uh, standard. There was two competing ones and I can't even remember were, what the other one was I haven't now. heard about it in um, years, yeah. yeah. Qi kind of won out and when I say Qi it's it's uh, spelled Q-I yeah. pronounced Qi and the Apple kind of took it an extra step and put in magnets on the back but so that you're, you get extra positioning and it means that because you have the, the proper positioning you can get higher uh, charging rates mm-hmm. um, higher wattage and faster charging right and because it's perfectly aligned with the charging pad, mm-hmm. right? So the two coils charge or uh, kind of marry up properly and give you a higher, a higher rate of charging. That's been on the iPhone for a couple of years and there's loads of accessories around it in terms of like wallets mm-hmm. that you can put on the back of the phone or extra battery packs. There's loads of different things people have been doing. Um, your different mounts, like a vent mount in, mount in the car, you can put, you, have just, you just place your phone on top of it and it just magnetically sticks to it. Same on your desk, things like that. So there's loads of different things around it and there's, there's huge amount. But the Qi 2 wireless charging standard, Apple have kind of provided the specs for MagSafe and suggested that this is what should be used as a Qi 2 standard. And that is now being adopted by the, um, by, as the Qi 2 standard, okay. which means that we're going to see like Android phones are going to be coming out with this. Yeah. Um, loads of different things that would have been just normal wireless charging are going yep. to start adopting the Qi 2 standard, which means you're going to see huge amount of accessories that are now cross device. So you're not going to be buying your MagSafe wallet. Now, I, I presume Apple, the name MagSafe is, is an Apple t- term. So mm-hmm. that will probably just change to be, they won't be kind of um, marketing stuff as MagSafe anymore. It'll be just Qi 2. Yeah, right? I think so. I so think that that's, means that's, that, yeah. that if you have a wireless or a, if you have a Qi 2 wallet, which will be just a little thing that goes, sticks to the back of your phone, hmm. then it'll just be a Qi 2 wallet and it'll be compatible with either an iPhone or Android, which means you're going to see an explosion of accessories. Because don't, don't, don't say explosion in the same <laughs> sentence as a battery. Don't yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Samsung. Um, but yes, there is, there's going to be loads more yeah. <laughs> accessories that are cross device yeah. and uh, it's only good for the market because the price will come down. I wonder if they're going to be backward and forward compatible. 
Uh, that's a good question. Mm. Mm, okay, we'll have to we'll have to get we'll to that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to. Yeah, we'll have to find out on that one anyway. So, the, the, to me, that's the highlights of CES anyway. Right. And um, we look forward to uh, all the vaporware just never being talked about ever again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Google Stadia is no more. Oh yes, that yes. actually shut down this month. Yes, it's but time. they gave uh, a little parting gift to anyone who has a Stadia controller. It now can be used as a standard Bluetooth controller. Oh really? Yep, they added the functionality to the controller, so now you can use it for whatever you want. Just probably a software update or a firmware yeah, update. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So you can use it as a wireless controller with mm-hmm. say your your phone. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Fair play to them. That's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, how long did Stadia last? Three years? About that, yeah. About three years and yeah. they shut it down. Oh, my God. Uh, right. Anyway, so the next thing, so we'll move on. We'll move on from CES. And I. Uh, this was a surprise, I think, to everybody. And uh, looking into it, digging into details, I think this was an event that was supposed to happen last year, towards yeah. the end of the year. But... For in a, in a total break in tradition, Apple in just a very quick kind of press release and an eighteen minute video launched loads of new stuff. Yeah, um, and some of it very surprising. So first of all, the M2 chip, which was the they brought the the M2 um, Pro and the M2 Max to the Mac Mini and the MacBook Pro, was it? Or the it MacBook was the Air? MacBook Pro. Yeah, yeah MacBook Pro. Yeah. So you got those two were announced. Um, some of the people online dug into kind of like the the URL of the video mm. and got hints that it was it had like a 2022 timestamp in it. Oh. So it was rumored that this was supposed to launch last year, but certain things delayed it. Um, I'll talk about those in a minute. Uh, what might have delayed it? But anyway, so they're the dirty M2 stuff and. What I noticed very interestingly was when they're announcing the specs and showing like the performance boosts over the M1 chip, they also kept highlighting how fast, how much faster these M2 chips were over the fastest Intel. Say so, like if they said that it was like twenty five percent faster than the M1 Mac Mini, they'd say, and it was also uh, four times faster than the fastest Intel. Mac Mini that you could have bought, mm-hmm. which would have been four years ago that you could get an Intel Mac Mini. Yeah, right? it's true. It's kind of so, irrelevant. Right? So, so if if it was okay, let's say it was three years ago that you could still get an an Intel Mac Mini, which had a chip in it that was probably announced two to three years before that. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about that they're they're comparing it to an Intel chip from possibly four to five years ago. And I was looking on every single time they compared it, they compared it to an Intel and it just seemed a little bit of a dig at Intel. But at the same time, for someone in the tech industry, I was looking at going, you don't need to be doing this. This is this is petty. It is. It and is, uh, yeah. you got to love their graphs as well. They don't have any yeah. kind of markings on them. It's yeah. just basically like a squiggle. Yeah. <laughs> and it just says five times faster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Um, Anyway, that was just interesting that they were comparing oh, it to the stop, Intel. Stop. Now, that's not to take away from the speed of these M2 chips and yeah. the power efficiency of them. It's amazing, right? And all the reviews, are, I haven't had one in my hands yet to use, but all the reviews online that I've seen, people are blown away by the performance. Uh, there was one lady, um, I think her, I think she's on, on YouTube as iJustine. Oh, yes, and, yes. yes. And um, she was showing, she had a Mac Mini, and she had something like three 
8K video. What do you do it when you put it into the timeline? Timeline, yeah, yeah, timelines, clips, yeah, yeah. And it was it was handling okay. It was, it was doing well, but the, mm. with the 8K, the the three of them, three 8K videos started to make it kind of stutter a small bit. Okay. And like for a Mac Mini, that, mm-hmm. like to get to that level of performance that it took that to make it stutter. Yeah. This was insane. Now, was insane this the M2 Pro model, was it? Yeah. Okay. So, but it's still insane performance to mm. actually get to that standard. Yeah. Right? No, I agree. And that's the M2 Pro. The M2 Max mm. is even higher again. Like, so. Yeah. Um, but that's only in the MacBook Pro, though. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it just shows that, like, it's blown. People are beginning, being blown away by the performance mm. of these things. Um, so, and you see the prices in the US as well. Again, much mm. cheaper than here. Yeah. And yeah. they're they're actually a bargain. It is, yeah. yeah. That you could get an entry level Mac Mini yeah. now for like the the starting price is six hundred dollars, which is, I think over here is at about seven hundred euros for the Mac yeah. Mini. For what you're getting, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable because you've a machine that's going to last you probably for minimum seven or eight years. Absolutely, right? Yeah. So, like, if you think of it in terms of a hundred quid a year for a machine, mm-hmm. that's a bargain for it the is. performance you're going to mm-hmm. get. Uh, it's it's amazing. So that's the reviews on those are really, really up there. And then in absolutely coming out of nowhere, nobody saw this coming, Apple returned the large HomePod. I was shocked. Yeah. I was which shocked. They, and this thing is mammoth. Yeah. Which they said two years ago, this was a discontinued product. Yeah. All right. Now, yeah, okay. They're full in their rights to bring it back whenever they want. Yeah. But they brought back the full iPod cheaper than it was before. It was 350. It's now, well, dollars 350. It's now 299 dollars. Yeah, 350 right. here, I think. They've, um, they've, they've taken out a few bits of it. They said there was, I think, two less tweeters, two less microphones, but they put the S7 chip inside it, which is the same as what's in the Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. So you got a, a better chip. So I presume the computational audio, apparently it sounds as good, if not better, than the original HomePod. Probably. And they've also put in a temperature and humidity sensor into it. Mm. It's limited to Wi-Fi N, which is the same as HomePod Mini. But what? if you remember, or if you think about it, all this does is play audio. There's no video or anything on it. So it doesn't need high Wi-Fi. And that obviously makes it cheaper because you're a Wi-Fi N chip, right? Because mm. this thing will never need... It's it's just playing audio. It's doing nothing else. It's It's like... The, everything is computationally done on it and right. all it is is small bits of data. So the HomePod Mini is the exact same. It's just Wi-Fi in. So it doesn't need to be, like, you'll never be watching YouTube on it. Right? You'll yeah. never be putting it through its paces for that kind of stuff. Yeah, true. So if it's just audio, it doesn't need it. And it obviously keeps the price down by doing that. Um, but in a surprise move then, mm-hmm. with iOS, uh, with, sorry, with, with HomePod, HomePod OS, 16.3, which just landed in the last few days, it has now unlocked a temperature and humidity sensor in the existing HomePod Minis. You're kidding me. So the HomePod Minis that I bought, whatever, a year, year and a half ago, yeah, they now have a temperature and humidity sensor active nice. inside it. That this kit was there all along, just not activated. So it was obviously some sort of long-term plan from Apple ah. as to when they activated this at the right time. So it's like as though you're after getting an upgrade because now I have two HomePods inside in my front room connected to my TV that now can tell me the temperature and humidity in the room. Yeah, that, and, no, no, that's really good. Cool. That's a nice gift. And, yeah. and you can use those 
temperature sensors to do things like control the heating. So if oh. the temperature, in, in, you just set up scenes and automations inside in home the home app. Okay. So you can say if the temperature drops below this level, yeah, turn on the heating. Right. So. If you have dual zones in your heating system, you can say if the home pod upstairs gets below a certain temperature, turn on the heating upstairs. Mm. The home, or if it goes below a certain temperature at night, because during the day you don't want to be heating upstairs. Yeah. So you can have different controls going like that, and the home pods downstairs can give you your temperature sensors and do your heating at that stage as well. So okay, fair news. Yeah. Yeah. So they got that got activated. So it's great to have kit that. Was there already? You didn't have to invest anything. It wasn't known prior to this update that they existed. Was there rumors that there were these sensors there? And someone torn it down and seen yes. the chips or whatever. I, I fix it had torn it down yeah. when they first came out and mm-hmm. said that there's a temperature sensor here, mm-hmm. and nobody knew was it a temperature sensor that was just monitoring the temperature of the actual device itself internally yeah. or what. But no, there's a temperature and a humidity sensor. So um, it takes a while once you once you upgrade. It takes a while to calibrate, and then it starts telling you what what you have. And if you have any other temperature sensors in your house uh, to compare it against, then it's pretty accurate. Uh, you're, you're you're getting pretty much the same reading off all of them. So it's not yeah, it's not as though that uh, this is going to like if you were in extreme cold. Mm. I don't think it would be as accurate simply because the device itself produces heat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. So that's the HomePod stuff. Um, now, before Christmas, Apple, uh, we had talked about Matter a couple of times here on the show. Oh, yeah. And it's the new standard, the new um, home, smart home standard. As a matter of so, fact. Uh, yes, indeed. And it does matter now because it's mm-hmm. li- it's real. But Apple had rolled out, if you updated to, I think it was, I think it was in iOS 16.2, uh, it started asking you, uh, did you want to convert your home? Because it had to, it has to do a, a whole totally different setup to, because everything was HomeKit before. Yeah. It now has to uh, run through this conversion to convert everything to run and be on the matter standard. Mm. And it was a major failure huge amounts of people reporting loads of problems yeah. with devices dropping off the home app and randomly you'd add them back in and then two days later they'd be gone again. Um, so there was huge, huge and people getting completely locked out and it meant that you had to upgrade everything in your house. So if you were, every every machine that you had, so if you had like an iPhone and a, and a laptop mm-hmm. and an iPad, all three had to be updated to the latest thing at the same time because you couldn't do one, like it would say, these other devices that control stuff in your house uh, also have to get updated so that they they all can do things at the same time. So there was huge problems with it to the point where Apple suspended it. So it no longer, once you updated to iOS 16.2, it no longer asked you to convert it. But now with 16.3, it's back. So hopefully hopefully they've, they've got their version two of their matter home conversion sorted and it should work now. Yeah, so I heard they were having issues all right. I haven't I haven't yeah. done it yet. Um but hopefully this will uh it will Sometimes sort it everything pays out. To be yeah. patient, doesn't yes, it? correct, yeah. Mm. Yeah, everybody should wait until the, uh, the version to 2. <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah. Well, I did this time yeah. because because I've I've a fair bit of home uh smart home kit in the house. Yes. And it, just because I had heard of a few issues at the start uh-huh. and I was glad I waited because then I heard of loads right. more issues. Now, so look, I held off on that one. This might be a stupid question, but yeah. let's say you're updating again, right? Mm. On the dot three release. Yeah. 
still not 100% confident in it. Yeah. Is there a way to take a full backup of what you have so you can revert? Apparently not. Oh. That if you if you do the upgrade, yeah. you're stuck with the upgrade. Oh, of course. no. Right. So uh, I don't think... I've, I've, I actually thought about this and kind of said, yeah. well, um, to me, what you'd have to do is on an older device, you'd have to completely delete your home uh, setup. Yeah. And then you'd have to set up your home again, brand new on an older device and add all your stuff in again on that. Right. And then, so you'd have to go through a whole thing, which, you know what? It's not a bad idea either because some people have said that like they've had to do that on the new thing anyway. They've had to delete everything and set it up yeah. all brand new on the new one anyway and then still have problems afterwards. So I probably yeah. would try that of setting it all up again on an older device um, and set up your home again as though you were... Uh, iOS 15 user or something like that. Last thing on the Apple stuff. So then right. uh, there are Apple in a kind of a break from everything. They've also introduced new updates for a lot of the older devices. So go, I think going back to iOS, definitely 15 and 14. And okay. I, I think I did read something about iOS 12 getting an, an update as well, really? uh, which would take you back to like iPhone 5 and 5S type things um, that there was a really important WebKit uh, exploit found. Yeah. And as a result, Apple introduced this really important update. So yeah. if you are still using an older device, then go to the software updates and do the update. This exploit is apparently very, um, very... Serious. Serious, that's the word, Dave. Yeah. Serious, yes. Okay. All right. okay. I, haven't, uh, I haven't turned on my iPad in a little bit, but uh, I'll make sure to do that straight away, yeah. Yes, indeed, yeah. So the the older devices, I'm trying to think now, do I have any older devices actually that would be... I do, I actually, I do have an old iPad that I was using simply for watching a bit of things like Netflix and mm. Amazon Prime and stuff like that. Uh, so if I was traveling or something, it was kind of like media device that I didn't care if it got lost or anything because it was, it's old and I think that still has iOS. Mm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 13 on it, but it might be 12. Okay. So I'm going yeah. to test that when I get home right. tonight actually and check it out. All right, let's move on, Dave. Um, there's still more to talk about. We talked about ChatGPT on the last episode. We did, yeah. And for anybody wondering, ChatGPT is from OpenAI and it is taking the world by storm at the moment with this conversational, I was going to say search, but it's more uh, interaction that you can have with it, asking it to do things. And I read out the last time when I asked it what was what was uh, cryptocurrency, it gave me a nice little spiel that I read out. And it is, um, it's really taken the world by storm actually with because the amount of people, even to the point where educational institutes are getting really worried about the fact that like students are looking at and getting it to write essays for them. Mm -hmm. Now, I have done a lot more on it since then. And I have to say, it's stunning what it produces for you. But there are caveats. Mm. And one of them is, you do have to check it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Now, Microsoft are investing heavily in OpenAI at the moment because they want to really bring this technology to um, Azure and to... Uh, their Bing system, the Bing search engine. Right. Um, and But one of the things with it is, say for instance, if you do a Google search in the morning, yeah, right, you can see the sources that you're about to click into. So you can see, is this a known website? Mm. Right? So you might look at something and you might see a local 
newspaper and there's a story about it so you're okay but then you might see a link and it's a really obscure url and you might think okay i don't know the source of that so i don't know if this is true or not right so and and different topics you might ask it about it could be someone who's writing fake information it could be someone who's writing biased information you don't know now with chat gpt you ask it something and it gives you a conversational piece back now if, if it gives you something that's there as you can't take it as fact because you don't know the source this ai has given you the information but maybe it got the information from the wrong source and it has been shown people have shown it that you can trick it you can well not just trick it but you can get the wrong answer sometimes as well so you can't take this as if 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 you ask it about something that you already know about and it gives you something that you might need for writing a document right an introduction or something like that that's fine as long as you review it and look at the text but if you ask it a question about something it just gives you an, an answer it doesn't give you here are sources that you can find more information about this answer. Yeah, just it's not Siri. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which says here's something I found on the web. Yeah. Um, but again, you like if if you asked it what's the distance to the moon, right? You don't know where it's getting that information from, and it doesn't show you that. It says I got this from NASA, right? It it just it just says here's the distance, or it gives you some information. You can right. ask it things, but again you don't know the source. So that's one of the things that they're going to have to... They, they might have to do citations, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, think they, I think they will. They'll have to show, show where their source is coming from mm. if it's going to start rival Google, yeah. right? Um, should Google be worried? Yes and no. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And now, I'll t- look, it, it's not a search engine, but yeah. it can do stuff that people would use a search engine for. Yes, correct. And uh, and yeah. Google, as an advertising company, yes. it starts to lose revenue. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So now we, we know that Google have invested heavily in AI anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm sure that they have something that is probably near enough to rivaling this. Uh, but this yeah. is out there and it's getting traction and it's getting... Um, it's getting the press. It's getting Google the PR. That's what they should do. Yeah. They should just buy it. Well, considering that Microsoft just invested about a hundred million into it, I don't think they'll yeah. they'll, they'll allow that to happen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they should be worried, and they need to come up with something. This is, this is the next version. This is the next level of search. Yeah, right? and you can you can like you can ask it to do things. You can ask it to give you information on something, and then you can formulate your next sentence and say uh, write it in the style of Shakespeare write it you can and you, you can then add things to it and it will review what it did for you it's very conversational yeah it's very good that way I, I, you get it to modify and add extra details into it uh, it's very good that way it's really really good but the Google Assistant could do that too as in contextual yes. conversation yes but not at the like you can't, you can't get it to write you an essay yeah. you know, or yeah. whatever you know. yeah so that's chat GPT anyway uh, right Dave uh, a few other bits and pieces in uh-huh. the world at the moment um, in December last pass announced they had a big breach. This was something that was known since August, but they gave details. They've had more than one, I'm sure. Yes, they have. They have. Um, Over the the years, um, they've had certain things, but this one seems to be one of the most, um, the highest or the biggest breach that they've they've come across. Yeah. Um, And 
Okay, so for people who are wondering what's LastPass, so it's a password manager. Yep. Right? And it effectively people install LastPass, they have a, a kind of a, a global password for LastPass, and then all their passwords and information are stored inside in this app. And it can it can integrate into your browser or into different things, your phones, yeah, so that when you go to a website, you don't have to remember the password for the website. And password managers are a good thing because people it may, it means people can have really complex passwords on sites that they go to. Different and, passwords on and sites. Different passwords, yeah. yes, that they're not trying to have the same one. And they can just use this as a password manager. Um, I'd be saying that the forthcoming stuff of using pass keys, which use your bio- biometric data rather than passwords, is going to be where we should be heading for. Yeah. But anyway... LastPass had a breach and um, it meant that third parties, under unauthorized parties, got access to steal customer account information and their vault data. And certain people have, like, they, they tried to pass it off as, okay, they might have the people's vault, but they'll never be able to get break into them. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly some guy comes along and says, here I have one of the vaults I broke into and I was able to decrypt it in whatever, four minutes, that kind of thing. So... That means that they have access to all the people's passwords inside in the vault. Lovely, right? So anyway, <laughs> um, they've had they've had a good few um, security incidents over the years. Uh, so, Quite worrying, yeah, yeah. So one of the things that people should do is uh, right. Uh, I I don't trust LastPass. They've had too many security incidents. Me neither. So people should be using a different password manager. Yeah, and you. Give me details of one that you're using. I years did, like, you, we've talked about this months and months ago yeah. on what the one you're using. So can you give me the details on that, Dave, again? Okay, look, it's called Bitwarden. As far as I know, it hasn't had any breaches. It's yeah. open source as well. Yeah. And you can use it for free. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not paying for it. Um, yeah. you, there is a premium plan, but it doesn't offer you much over like, you know, unless you specifically need some of the things. And I can't remember what they are. You yeah. won't need it. But um, yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, if with anything, I couldn't... You're getting to the point now where you, you, you're afraid to recommend things because yes, because the companies might just do something. They might sell your data or do this or do that or whatever, you know. Yeah. But um, so far with Bitwarden, I've been using it for probably close to two years now. Okay. And I've been very, very happy with the features, with the security. Yeah. And uh, I have it on my phone as well as an autofill for my uh, app okay. passwords, and it's great. And am I right in saying, I think you said this to me once, um, that you, if you were of the technical ability, um, you can install your own Bitwarden server? You can indeed. All right, okay. Exactly right. that, yes. On a Linux uh, box, uh, yeah. you can have it in the cloud or you can have it in your front room. Who cares, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. right. So you could set up your own Bitwarden server. Yeah. Um, I'm sure people, there's plenty of people out there with Raspberry Pis or spare mm-hmm. PCs and it probably doesn't need a, a high-end PC to do this. Uh, you could just install Linux and install Bitwarden on it yeah. and have your own Bitwarden server, right. which means that you have control over the data. Now, that doesn't mean that your server can't be hacked. Of course it can. Everything, once it goes online, It's your responsibility, though. Yeah, it's you your, can't yeah, blame exactly, Bitwarden yeah. if it goes wrong. But, you can, yeah. but yes, absolutely. And obviously, yeah. your internet has to be on at all times if you're using yeah. it outside of your local network, Correct. et cetera. Yeah. Et cetera. Yeah. 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 But there's plenty of people out there who listen with uh, enough technology that yeah. uh, they would know what to do uh, so you can. Yeah. But anyway, Bitwarden, yeah, Bitwarden is ChatGPT. ChatGPT is a bit long-winded, is, though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is actually. Yeah, right. If um, if you're not going to do that anyway, or uh, if you are ditching LastPass, 
if you if you have been using it and you're ditching it. Um, some of the other recommendations is just go and change your passwords on all the main sites that yeah. you use. Um, any any of the really important ones, yeah, get those done first of all, like banking and um, uh, logins to your own company servers, that kind of thing. Get all those changed straight away hey, to unique and mm-hmm. strong uh, passwords, and. Um, then anywhere else that you think would be like your email, social media, all this stuff, yep. go down through them and work on the critical ones first and, don't forget, and then work backwards. Yeah. You might not think your email is the most important thing, but if a hacker gets into your email, they can get into your other accounts because right. they can actually have passwords sent out to your email, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, Just yes. remember that. And I, yep. and I do know of someone that that happened to oh dear. Um, before, well, I think it was in November, where somebody got into their... Um, Somebody got into their email account mm-hmm. and they went to, and, and like they just went to their webmail. Yeah. They went in and set up profile uh, rule inside in the webmail that if anything comes in from this place, yeah. forward it to this address. Um, it was a Russian address. Oh, uh, forward it. And delete it. And delete the original. Right. right yeah. So they would say so if something comes from paypal.com, uh, forward it and delete it, which means that when the password reset was coming in, it mm-hmm. was just basically landing in their inbox. Yeah. And this thing was just uh, taking it, shunting it on and uh, deleting it. Right. Which meant that the person, the real owner of the account, had no clue that these things were coming in. Yeah. Right. Um, and that is. Yeah, that's 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 the end game. Like once, and, once you know, uh, I know it's not it's not on topic, but mm. two factor, multi factor. Correct. It's, it's very uh, it's inconvenient. Yes, it is inconvenient, but you'd be thankful for it. Yes, I used to have passwords, very weak passwords on certain accounts that I don't really care too much about. But yeah. if it wasn't for multi factor being enabled on them, and not by default, rather than me setting it up, yeah. if it wasn't for that. I would have been hacked. Yeah, most on likely. Yeah. My yeah. Steam account, for so, example. Yeah, so definitely two-factor authentication. Yeah. So it means that when you log in, it then says get the code off your phone yeah. or something. Definitely, definitely. Um, and if you have a fingerprint reader, you can do it using that nowadays. Like correct. so, it's it's a lot uh, quicker. Yeah. So in another breach, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the breaches just keep coming. They do. Um, Right, Mailchimp were also breached. I heard. Yes, so Mailchimp had a data breach, and that is even no, it's not as serious. But for like, because a lot of companies use Mailchimp to uh, handle their newsletters and their mm-hmm. communication with their clients, that means that quite possibly your company using Mailchimp, you might have all your customer email addresses, names, and addresses stored in Mailchimp got breached, which means all your customer information. So it just once again highlights that you have to be careful. And this is what GDPR came in for. You have to be careful what companies you trust your third party information. Right. And and you know, I got a few emails from a few companies today saying that they use MailChimp and that they were breached, et cetera, et cetera. The breach wasn't on, like, for example, WooCommerce sent me an email. Yeah. Yeah. um, Because they use MailChimp. They said it wasn't us, uh, but they had to notify us anyway. Yeah. So, yep. um, what uh, I was just reading on uh, techcentral.ie, uh, mm-hmm. a great site, that um, hackers were able to view 319 of MailChimp's customer accounts and extracted data from 102 of those. Right. Okay. That's what they know of. Right. right? It could have been a lot more. Oh, probably. Right? Uh, so, it's, it's again, if you're using third party services like this, yeah. 
you got to be careful. You got to know that these companies are not immune to breaches. They're and, not, no. Yeah, and you got to be careful where you trust your data too. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep on this vein actually, um, because reported in the Limerick Post uh, just uh, in the last uh, few days that um, there was an 18 year old woman here in Limerick who was. Um, scammed out of 800 euros from her Revolut account. That's right, yeah. Okay, right. And what happened was uh, they got a, um, it was, uh, this, according to the Crime Prevention Officer, Sergeant Berlich, um, hope I pronounced that right, um, uh, is, uh, he told that she'd received a phone call from an individual claiming to be from Revolut. Mm. Now, this is the most basic of phishing scams. Yeah. That someone rings you, they tell you, and we've given advice on this plenty of times, and we will continue yep. to give this advice in almost every single episode. Phone call for someone saying they're from the bank. Unfortunately, she handed over her login details because he said he needed to get in, that she was going to be frozen out of her Revolut account and he needed oh, to log in to get, it, uh, to get it reactivated. Um, this poor unfortunate girl gave the login details and then 800 was taken out of her account. All right. So in, in the, it, that's the most basic of scams. Yeah. Right, that somebody rings you up and uh, I even talked about it here before Christmas and one of the things uh, one of the listeners was telling me about that um, they had the same thing happen with uh, somebody ringing them telling them from Amazon and were quite convincing and ended up getting them to um, make a payment to a fake account. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's you've got to be wary of these things. When someone rings you, do not take their word for it ring them back don't ring them back at the number they give you find the company um, number and ring that support line and if you do think it's a scam report it if if it turns out it's not a scam that's fine like grand once you get back in contact with the right company and then they say yes this is legit that's fine but do not ever give your login details all of them all the banks everything they will all tell you we will never ask you for your login details over the phone or by email or by text so do not, anybody, anytime you're asked for that, terminate the call straight away. Walk away from it. Uh, you, can, you can deal with it afterwards if it is legit, but don't give out your details over the phone, text or email or WhatsApp. So Agreed. that is, yeah, so yeah. That is the, the parting advice on that one. And uh, Dave, I think we're nearly at the end of another show. Right, yes, yes for another indeed, month. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're glad that the asteroid on Friday night didn't hit us. Uh, did you hear about that? I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Asteroid passed by on Friday night, Dave, um, only a couple of thousand uh, kilometers away from Earth. Um, it was only it was only the size of an elephant, so it would have burnt up in the atmosphere. Ah. But it was considered a near miss where it just passed by in probably one of the closest ever to come by that we know about to come by Earth. So, um, yeah, we're here. We're still here to give you all the tech news. And that's it for another week. So thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, don't forget our sponsors are uh, the IE Domain Registry. Go to weare.ie to find out all information about .ie domains. And if you have any questions or anything you want us to cover, then please email techpost at limerickpost.ie. And we will be back again next month to give you more great, wonderful news about what's happening in the world of tech. That's it, Dave. We'll talk to you again soon. See ya. Bye.
brought to you by Limerick City Community Radio 99.9 FM every weekend and in association with the Limerick Post newspaper it also goes out as part of the podcast feed from the Limerick Post where you can get this show and loads more great shows please give us a rating and review if you like this show in whatever podcast app you use don't forget you can get in touch with us at techpost at limerickpost.ie if you have any questions comments or suggestions or if you'd like to be featured on the show Team music is by Dylan Flynn and the Dead Poets and you can get their great music on Apple Music and Spotify and production assistance from Eric Fitzgerald.